Welcome, and this is your microaggression of the week. So I'm sitting in this like social justice space, right, meant to kind of facilitate conversations on race, sexuality, et cetera, et cetera. And this white girl, she, we're doing this like activity where we're supposed to kind of talk about ourselves and talk about like our experiences in the form of like prose and art or something. So when she's about to present hers, she says, oh, well, you know, I usually try to come to these spaces and try to like think of things to share like in ways that I've like been oppressed, but I have not experienced depression and I don't not that I necessarily want to experience it, but I always kind of want to empathize with the situation. So I'm but instead I'm just going to like share things that make me happy. This is Canela, also known as Frida Kahlo's Unibrow. And this is Kyla, a.k.a. Regina King's Oscar. And we are back with another episode of Your Token PLC. And we have two very special guests in the building. Do y'all want to introduce yourselves? Yes. Yeah. You want to go first? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm Raven, and I'm a freshman. I'm Sydney, and I'm a senior. Great. Well, welcome. Thank y'all for joining us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kyla, do you want to break down this uh, microaggression of the week? Yes, sure. So, one of the things that bothers me, I think it's very, like, it's pretty, like, a basic thing to do. When I say basic, I mean, like, the least you can do is recognize that you do have privilege in a lot of different ways. But when I am in, like, a mode or I am in a space where I'm supposed to be sharing my experiences and sharing, you know, a lot of personal things, I'd rather for you not to share that you don't like I don't see a reason to try to like advertise the fact that you don't go through like oppression or to try to say oh I want to be able to empathize about like about these issues it's not necessary all you had to do was say these are the things that describe me these are the things that I like I didn't I didn't need you to there was no space to do that I did not understand the purpose of that and I feel like it's a constant theme at Tulane Either people don't recognize their privilege, with Tulane being a predominantly white institution, by the way, people either don't recognize their privilege or feel the need to share that they want so badly to empathize with people who are facing oppression to the point where they have to almost brag about it in a way. And it's just like a weird phenomenon. I don't know if you guys are special guests. (laughs) <laughs> can like relate, but I'm sure you can, being also New Orleans natives, by the way, y'all. Can y'all speak to that a little bit, just like your experiences with that and how that feels in a way? All right. Well, um, I guess one thing with like white people always trying to like be on the same level with you is constantly what it has to do with my hair. Um, mm. Like, I constantly get asked questions about it, and they'll, like, try to be like, oh, can I do that? Like, I saw, like, one of my, um, one of my floor mates one time, like, she explained to me, like, this YouTube video that she watched, and it was, like, a white girl, like, using straws, and then, like, like, then, like, 
using like a comb to like fluff it out and she was like yeah so like we can be like twinsies i'm like what huh like (laughs) it's just twinsies y'all know that like soldier boy meme that's my favorite meme anyway um uh but yeah just like things like that and it's like none of we can be different and still be oh cool like there's no reason for you to try to be like me that ruins the whole point exactly Mm -hmm. what about you sydney I feel like a lot of my experience with white people at Tulane is just how ready they claim to be a part or down with the city of New Orleans when that's pretty much the limitation of how down they are. Like, they just want to be in the city and not necessarily be a part of the city or, like, trying to get an an enriched sense of the culture. So, you know, obviously Tulane is rated like number well, we're still number one for best party school. No, we two. lost. We dropped oh, under wow. we like lost. Wisconsin, I think. What? <laughs> Wisconsin? Okay. Um, but like, you know, I just feel like New Orleans has so much more to offer. Well, not so it it does have so much more to offer that's beyond like, oh, relaxed drinking laws and oh it's all big party all the time. There's festivals and like, yes, that is a part of our culture, but like, I just feel like Tulane students, they just have such a superficial understanding of what that means, and they just try and, like, colonize that as their own. So then, like, we just have all this rampant drinking on campus, and that's just pretty much, like, been a lot of my experience. So it's like you're missing out on, like, the actual, like, experience. Primetime, like, right now, Mardi Gras, everyone wants to go to, like, the big... Uh, Mardi Gras parades like Rex and Demian, which is all fine, but like they don't necessarily even know the history behind like some of those parades, like the racial history that segregates like Rex versus Zulu. Like there's a lot of white people that I don't know if they know about Zulu, they don't know, know about Namtak and all the other like parades that are there, like specific for people of color. So they're so encased in like their little white safety net bubble. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, that really like does a good job of introducing this week's topic which is why we have our special guests here so i mean if y'all have seen the episode's title which is saltine crackers in a chocolate city (laughs) obviously that's indicative of the fact that and like y'all have already mentioned it Mm -hmm. tulane is a very white institution with a very kind of muddy past in this city which is predominantly black and we just like kind of wanted to get y'all's take like on being students who are actually from the city and having to interact with these white people who are just like non-New Orleans natives who oftentimes like don't know the context in which they're entering also don't care Mm. so we just wanted to like talk to you about whether it be daily microaggressions y'all's daily experiences with professors even how it feels to be at Tulane like as natives Mm -hmm. yeah well, definitely within the city, I either get, whenever I tell someone, especially like a black person who is also another New Orleans local, I either get a lot of clout. They're like, oh, you go to Tulane. Oh, you you smart. You didn't all this. Or it's the polar opposite of like, oh, you go to Tulane. Oh, you must be uppity. You must be bougie. This, that, like, it's, it's one of those two like reactions from other people of color, specifically by people in New Orleans. Um, but then like on Tulane's campus... Like, this is pretty much something that I feel like I'm not going to generalize it, but from conversations that I've had with others, like black people, we always get the rhetoric of, are you a student athlete? Are you on scholarship? Um, Does your parents work here? This, that, and the third. It's like, well, why can I be here on my own merit? Mm -hmm. But, I don't know. It's it's interesting. 
on how quick people are to judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And building off what you said about specifically like Mardi Gras and women's culture, like I was talking to this other girl um, and she was like, are you excited for Mardi? And this was like in November, right? So I wasn't, Mardi Gras wasn't on my mind. So I'm like, Marty, I'm like, what What are you talking about? And she was like, you know, you're from here, right? And I'm like, yeah, like, still, I don't know what is Marty. She was like, you know, like the parades and stuff. Mardi Gras? I was like, who told you that? Because I ain't tell you that, and I'm from here. And I was like, she was like, oh, I heard, like, some of the other girls sing it, blah, 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 blah. I was like, don't, don't. And I was, this girl, I'm cool with her, and I was like, listen, don't don't say that no more. Like, you know, <laughs> nobody says that. Like, it's like they, it's already, like, a short, it's only two words. Like, why you got to short it more? Like, white people love to do that. Like, short words is already short. I don't get it. Like, and I was just, I just told her, like, it's Mardi Gras, like, they don't even know that that means Fat Tuesday, like, they don't, they don't know anything, like, half these white kids don't even make it to Mardi Gras Day, because they get so fucked up during the season, and then also, like, they think all of this is Mardi Gras, there's only one Mardi Gras Day, like, there's, there's just so many things that I thought was just, people should know before even coming to the city, but, like, they just come here, and then they use, like, like what you said, like they use New Orleans culture as an excuse to wild out. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't know New Orleans people that go out every night. Mm-hmm. I don't. We don't do that. We we go out when we drink. We celebrating. We celebrating ourselves. We celebrate somebody' wedding, funeral. We celebrating like it's not. Let's just go get. You know, like it's never like that. And they just using it. Oh, it's New Orleans. We can just do that. And it's not the case. So. What people don't understand is, like, a lot of New Orleans people during this time, we're actually taking vacations because we have this whole week off, especially when it was, like, when we were in elementary school and middle school, we used to have, like, maybe a week and some change off, so that was a nice prolonged vacation to go to other places like New York, San Francisco, where it was cheap to go during February, and, yeah, people don't understand that. And also, like, like you said, the doing that research on, like, the significance of Mardi Gras, like... That is not something that's New Orleans specific. That's a French, like, creation on being able to do that celebration in the harvest before when um, Lent came around. And, like, everything has a representation to the baby and the king cake, to the colors, like, all that has, like, significance to it. And I don't know, I guess, like, people just thought, like, a bunch of people just came together, sat at the tables, like, you know what, guys, it's New Orleans. We're going to have, like, this whole celebration where people just do all this and this. And, like, we're going to have these colors. We're going to have, like, this plastic baby in a cake that's maybe a choking hazard, but it's okay. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know what goes through people's heads sometimes. It's like a history, like, like, white kids just think, like, it's just whatever. Like, it's like an, it's like an event. Like, this is not, like, a... This is not a spot we just hit up. Like, this is some... People celebrate this. Like, this is a holiday. It's also family-oriented. That's yes. what people also forget. Except Crew de Vue. That's an exception. But, like, <laughs> it's family-oriented. So, like, yeah, you're a college student. You're wild, and now you're from Illinois, Chicago, whatever, all these different places. But, like, at the same time, you can't be pissy drunk in front this child, this child, like people are bringing their families out to these occasions and I don't know it's like it seems like too many people literally just use New Orleans as like their part like their American pie dream like essentially like the party city mm-hmm. and I just feel like it's, it's just like it's like a, it's such an insult sometimes 
to like the lengths that people go to like how dare you come to a city that has so much like culture behind it that in my argument this might be me being biased but like I mean I'm just gonna say it with pride like one of the most culturally rich cities in America mm-hmm. but the only thing you could see is like oh I could drink I, I don't have to be carted at this place or like I could bring my drink to go like really dude like how dare you well, I have two things that I'm curious about. First of all, if you hate Marty, I'm sure you've heard Marty Party. You Whoa, must hate that. Yeah, yeah no, that's, oh, that's, that's new. Too. That's gross. Marty Party. With a D. Party. Gonna, I'm not party. Gonna yeah, so we're not going to comment on that. <laughs> no, okay. don't say that. Let, us, let me just say for the record, just in case I get any new followers on Instagram, I've only used that term one time in a caption, only <laughs> once, and I will be changing it. As soon as this episode concludes, thank you. That was that was a PSA. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. Yes. All right. So on a more serious note, obviously, like myself included as someone who isn't from New Orleans, but I think a lot of people who come to Tulane don't necessarily understand the significance of Mardi Gras, but also the racist history that's also kind of entangled in it. So I was curious if y'all could maybe speak a little bit to it. Obviously, we're prefacing this. We're not historians. Like, none of us here are historians, but just like, just colloquially what y'all know. Right. Uh, since I personally touched on like the racist history behind it um i'll just speak more in detail about that so specifically there's like local debate between zulu and rex and like what those two parades represent and a lot of like motifs that are still being used within both parades um the reason why we have historically black well not historically black like predominantly black um crews is and for anyone who may not know for literacy moment crews like the groups of people that ride in on the floats of the parades is because you know with segregation there even being able to ride in a crew was a was quote unquote a privilege at the time and so you know people of color specifically black people want we wanted something for our own um and being able to be to create zulu for that and also like for that to pay homage to african tribes too as well um but going back to shifting, so that's pretty much on Zulu. And then going up to Rex, like some of the motifs that they have is like for um, KKK symbolism with how they have the mask like dawned on them, covering their whole face. They're riding, riding specifically white horses um, along Rex, like predominantly white people go to that parade. I don't even remember a time where I've ever even been to Rex. Um, that was something that my mom never took me to, and I never found out why until I like, actually did research on Rex and I was like oh this makes more sense now and I, correct me if I'm wrong I don't know which parade it is but like every year they have it to where there's the baby monkey float um a mama monkey float and a daddy monkey I know monkey what you're float, talking about and that's the only one where you can throw your throw beads, the beads at them you're aiming to throw your throws at and the crocodiles and the crocodile ones Oh, it's Bacchus? It's Bacchus. Oh, I, knew, I knew it was one of them. And, like, that's one that starkly, like, each year hurts my heart. Because, granted, I don't know the historical context behind it, but it still gives me a gut feeling, like, of all the things that it had to be, one, why monkeys, two, why are these the only ones where it's usually, like, the ones that we're throwing our beads on and the crocodile? And, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, that's the racial history from historian Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically that. And also, like, just 
Pe- people created crews because the the first couple of crews were racist and sexist. That's why crews like Yusis and Femme Fatale and Nyx were created. Really, Femme Fatale and Nyx are relatively new compared to most of the crews. Like, I'm talking, like, I think Nyx was maybe created early 2000s and Femme Fatale, like, also early 2000s. And that's and if you look at those two crews, that's mostly women of color. Even though it's predominantly white, it's still a lot of women of color compared to Muses. And it's basically, I feel like people of color doing what people of color do best. When the white people shit not working out, we create our own. And then they ended up riding on the wave anyway. So, yeah, that's basically what it is. And it's like, people don't even realize, like, how much effort, like, bands, like, Mm -hmm. the people that create the floats, even though they do reuse floats, like, the decorations might change. Like, people, because I used to ride in a crew. I used to ride in Elks, which is, like, a truck float parade. And how much effort it goes into, and that's just a truck float parade compared to like being part of an actual crew. Like people literally save up all their coins, mm-hmm. put in all their time to making that's their expensive. costumes, right? And then you're gonna be blackout drunk. You know, like you're not even gonna see like the artistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's expensive, especially uh, Mardi Gras Indians. Like they work on that all year round, and that's all hand. That's all by hand. Right. Every detail from floats to even throws, like with Zulu, all coconuts, they're not all the same. Like, there's no factory and manufacturer where we can make, like, 50-cent beads. Like, no. All of them are little custom-made, like, music shoes, um, Zulu coconuts, Nick's purses, like, all of those. Someone took time into that. And it was one time during move-out day, because I'm, uh, well... During move-out day at Tulane, like, you know, a lot of people throw out their trash. Like, there's tons of Mardi Gras beads. I saw a few shoes in, like, the trash can. And I'm just like, well, this could have been a shoe. I've been dying to get a music shoe. <laughs> Granted, I have a little more pride. I was like, I want to be able to catch it myself, so I'm not going to, like, dumpster die for it. But I'm just like, well, if that's all you want to do at the end of the year, just throw it away. At least you could have gave it to somebody and be like, hey, does anybody want a music shoe? And it took, took a lot of detail, took a lot of work into it. But no, you thought that it was okay to just throw it away. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't understand how much this means to New Orleans people. Like, I took an architecture class, and we went to a um, cemetery, and we were studying, like, h- how all the different tombs and, like, basically the artistry in that, like, the French architecture and Spanish and African. And this woman I saw on the tomb, she had a shoe. And we asked the tour guide, like, oh, that's a Misha shoe. Like, why is it on the tomb? And she was like, oh, well, this old woman comes every year and brings a new shoe because that's her niece. And her niece wanted mm-hmm. to be a muses but died young and never got the chance to do it. Like, so every year she gets a shoe and she puts out the shoe. Like, this this is, like, this is serious mm-hmm. to people that are from here. Like, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the Tulane kids take it for granted and mm-hmm. don't care. I feel like the flip side of the coin is that some Tulane students... It's not necessarily that they don't care. Well, some of them also don't care. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what you don't know. And that's where research and, like, understanding and being intentional really comes into play. Because I feel like media really hypes up. Well, not really. It does hype up Mardi Gras. And it only shows, like, the throws, people drinking, people passing out, people flashing their tits. Like, that is what TV shows as Mardi Gras, like this big party. So, of course, it's going to want to attract the people who want to come in part. That's when the population of Orleans triples, literally. And there's so much revenue that comes from Mardi Gras because people want to take off. They want to go on vacation. They want to experience a party. People leave Texas, California, New York 
for a vacation. Where is the best place to vacation? To a party city. Like, it's a place to help forget your troubles and your worries, essentially. And I don't know, I just feel like media really hypes up Mardi Gras and it loses, it funnels out the richness that is there. So I'll ask this as New Orleans natives, were y'all surprised? Like, had you heard stories of kind of how like the Tulane atmosphere was? Or when you got here, you were just shocked thinking what, what I didn't think it would be like this. No, Mardi Gras is my favorite holiday mm-hmm. season period. So I'm I'm always out on the route. Like my mom told me this year, she was like, I don't know how you're going to get to the parades because I'm going to be out there already. So you're going to need to figure out like we're serious about this. So I've always come into contact with like two lame mm-hmm. kids my entire life. Like you, you know the type, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, if it's a group of white kids and you can smell the beer. From 10 blocks away, you know it's Tulane. Mm-hmm. And they pushing, they shoving because you're drunk. You don't see the 10-year-old by you. like. So it wasn't a shock, but I just never seen that. You know, it's groups of kids, but like to be in it and then surrounded by it and have to live with those same kids, like mm-hmm. it's different. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a... It, it definitely wasn't a surprise because most of the time, if you're going to one of those big parades like Bacchus and Demi and so on and so forth most of the time you're going to be around tourists if you're not already like with a big crew and Tulane soon just they just act like big tourists to me like granted most of them are because they're freshmen and this is their first time experience and Mardi Gras majority of them um are like the season so you know you're acting now you're a Tulane student plus a tourist so you're kind of like two sides of the same coin essentially to me um so it wasn't necessarily a surprise it was what came was a shock at just how bad it was. And I know some people that have graduated that's I feel like they still don't understand Mardi Gras. There, I'm a Facebook friends with a lot of um, alumni, and I've seen them share things on, oh, well, why is it wrong if someone's on a white float at um, Zulu and they paint their face? Um, because that's something that um, like people on the Zulu crew, they'll paint their face, um, for lack of a better term, kind of like, blackface um but granted you can't turn down someone if they want to pay their dues to be a part of the crew and there are people who aren't black who do ride in zulu and it's happened multiple times where they'll also be um in what's uh, considered blackface and like that's been a debate for years on oh well that white person shouldn't put on blackface and they should know and other people be like oh well if they want to ride in zulu and they know what zulu is about and they're trying to enrich the culture then let them this that and the third um so yeah, it's a lot that could be unpacked. And I just think like for me, the general gist of it is that I kind of already had an idea of what Tulane students were about as a New Orleans native. I just didn't know how bad it was or like the extent it could reach. And I don't think anyone knows that until like you actually go to Tulane. Right. I guess we just got like one more question to kind of wrap on a more positive note because obviously it's like heavy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, maybe y'all could share some of your favorite Mardi Gras memories just from like being here and like being from New Orleans. There's so many. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Though. I have one. Okay. It's not, it was not fun in the moment, but like looking back at it, that's how you know you went hard for your throws when you get hit in the face. <laughs> like not with like one beef, like the whole pack. pack. <laughs> 
And I feel like they do it on purpose. Like, oh, she's not looking. I'm just going to chuck this whole pack at her. And I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, I just got a whole pack. Oh, it's lit. So it's like a blessing and a curse to itself because I just have this battle scar, but I have like 50,000 bees on my neck now. Um, <laughs> but that's always my favorite memories. Like just being able to just leave like this is my work. This is my effort to have like all my chains. I got this one. I got this throw. I got the little cup. It's like drip or drown at yes. this point. Also, also the cup. Like wow. that's when everyone's cabinets are just stocked with all these different cups. And it's when you get the whole sleeve too. That's my favorite memory. Anytime when I get like the whole packaging, like you didn't even make an effort to like, you just want me to have all this too. Thank you. Thank you. I think one of my um, favorite body guard memories when I was riding on the float. So you know how people throw balls? Mm-hmm. Well, I was the kid that liked to play jokes on people. So, And good thing, my mom, she was on the other end. So I was, it was my sister, my other sister, my dad, and then me. So my dad is a jokester too. So he thought it was funny until I got caught by my mom. Anyway... So I tied a string to my finger and then I hot glued it to the ball. So like I would be faking like I'm throwing it to people, but then it will like bounce back. <laughs> and like I did that for like <laughs> half the route until my mom saw me throw it and then she saw it come back and she was confused. And then she saw all this stuff that I didn't throw because that's what I was doing the whole route. So yeah, and I got time out. And then I started throwing stuff after. Um, but just that like... And it was, I, since I ride on Mardi Gras Day, usually it's mostly families because a lot of the, like I said, the drunk college students don't really make it to Mardi Gras Day. So people thought it was funny. So I kept doing it. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of my, my favorite Mardi Gras memories. And also before the parade, like when we just are out there on the route, like we bring a speaker and we start sick aligning and then like, um, you know, back that thing up, like things like that, just like dancing before the parade and I guess pre-gaming with your family. Mm-hmm. You never, I've never used that term, <laughs> but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Drinking with your family, yeah, that was the best time too before the parade even starts. Mm-hmm. Also, the bands, the bands are always great. Well, some high school bands, not all. <laughs> you gonna give us names or not? Nah. Oh no, that might start some stuff. Right. No. <laughs> all I got to say is Saint Aug. <laughs> I'm gonna just leave it right there. <laughs> thank y'all for coming so much like for y'all's input on Tulane on Mardi Gras it's very appreciative especially from New Orleans natives this concludes our fourth episode of Your Token POC please check out our past three episodes as well as our social media they're all at Your Token POC so pretty easy to find you can also email us with microaggressions or tips and or questions at yourtokenplc at gmail.com Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you, thank you. And remember, we see you, we hear you, we are you. Bye. Thanks.